Hello and welcome to your favorite YouTube comics channel, Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. And I'm Tom Scholey, author of I Am Stan. We have a uh, kind of a special one today. We're looking at Palookaville, number 24, by the cartoonist Seth. A little bit different. Haven't looked at one of his works before, but a, a cartoonist that I'm a big fan of, so this should be a fun episode. Is Seth still active, an active cartoonist? Oh yeah, this yeah. is a brand new book. Okay. Oh, so, okay. So I want to remind everybody that we will be at Baltimore Comic-Con, September 8th, 9th, and 10th. A very good comic book show for comic book fans, so come on out, say hello, pick up our latest and greatest. I also want to remind everybody that we have a Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon. There are three different levels that will get you access to our videos early. If at the King Kayfaber level, you'll get access to all of the videos first, including the recording session. And if you want to leg up on the Kayfabe effect, meaning that you get to pick up these books first, that is the best way to do it. So without further ado, Palookaville number 24. As I say, Seth is the uh, cartoonist behind the long-running Palookaville series. Looks a lot different than those early comic book-sized issues. I probably encountered him in the late 90s, early 2000s when I start looking for alternative comics, as they called the genre back then. And he was known for one of his uh, early serialized stories, It's a Good Life If You Don't Weaken, about his fictitious quest to meet this elusive cartoonist who he had fallen in love with. Uh, one of the great comics about comics and comics about cartooning and cartoonists. And um, the thing that stands out to me the most, the thing I love about Seth's work, is his cartooning style. Yeah. It's very simple, but it's extremely thoughtful in terms of design and just a very unique voice visually. You can see it right away from the cover. Ed, we talked about this. This is drawn and quarterly published. Uh, Seth is a Canadian cartoonist drawn and quarterly, a Canadian publishing company. But we talked about this off camera a little bit. We both had a good time reading this. Absolutely. Any uh, any thoughts on what it was you responded to with this book? Yeah, there's a lot. And, and it's it's certainly the way he breaks down the comic. He does a couple different things here. So this is kind of the table of contents. Uh, the first big story, there's one big story. Yeah. And he it's kind of his Wimbledon Green style where he's being a little tighter than he is with what we'll see later. But... Uh, following a rigid set of rules and kind of going in and out with that like instead of instead of having a, a big panel or something like he just lets the images kind of frank king mm -hmm. acro across a, a bunch probably never more than like six or seven words uh per per strip at all and uh just extremely inspired by the exercise of what this is you know these it's two color comics three colors if you count the the paper color uh he's he's doing a lot with very rigid strictures uh that he places upon himself uh like i said this first story very tight but then uh the other stuff comes directly from the sketchbook and these might come from ske the sketchbooks also you know i see i see the brush strokes and things yeah it's really fascinating i wonder how what we're actually looking at because you do see some of those marks yeah and i and that's that's always confusing to me it reminds me a little bit of darwin cook's parker series because they were two color mm -hmm. and i always wondered about those and if you see the originals most of it is in the original like he's working like two color on the paper itself and i wonder if seth is doing something similar it's neat how he breaks this up. This is a um, an autobiographical story about him, I guess about high school age or so, and is, it is working through this job. Is it autobiographical? I believe so, yeah. And he breaks up the captions to the effect that I get is it's very readable. Totally. It'd be very easy to kind of load up on these captions in one panel, and I would just be overwhelmed by a giant text box. But instead, it's kind of spread out along with the visuals, and you see these different approaches. Like, this is one giant image around yeah. this lake, 
but broken up into very easy to read digestible pieces absolutely like he's breaking down the iconography of like what is possible in comics and it will be you know even these single image pieces uh, it would be a fun exercise to to read this story with some of that scott mcleod uh some of the the charts and graphs about like the yeah. panel to panel transition stuff because there will be panels where it's completely divorced images from one another that are glued together by by the text and it all makes sense when you read it which is like pure comics and i love his ability to play with these the simplest shapes on earth but to create pleasing compositions with them. That second color is really treated, I should say black is really treated almost like the second blue color because you see a lot of like big shapes mm -hmm. as opposed to just using it for outlines or something. Oh yeah. This is an interesting effect too, right? Like as, as you're remembering various people but not necessarily their faces and things. He was uh, the guy who did the design work for the um, pe Complete Peanuts. Yes. For Fantagraphics. And, and I was in the offices once when they received a, a package of his. And it's not, um, when he designs it, he's not in Adobe right. Acro, uh, Premiere or whatever. Like, what's the InDesign. InDesign? He's not in InDesign. It's practical shit with markers and hand lettering and stuff. And he get, he makes the whole big dummy and stuff. And he's like, here, you do, you do it. Turn this into a digital thing. There's a really good article in Comic Art Magazine from the early 2000s. I think Seth is the cover artist. And they have some of that stuff where it's like mock-ups of books um, you know, almost like putting together a book dummy so he could color the cover to, to do his roughs. Yeah. Um, he also does stuff like building miniatures. That's what that article, I remember the cover art is oh, like yeah. a mini city. Yeah. So, and, and that was a touring art exhibit that, that was in proper fine arts museums. And I say all that to give context to the way he presents his comics. Extremely thoughtful, a guy who thinks both three-dimensionally as well as a designer has done a lot of book cover design work um, because... He's just good as a graphic artist in addition to the skills he has as a cartoonist. Yeah, absolutely. So this story, this first story, is part of a longer narrative. Love this. Yeah. This video is brought to you by the Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon. Uh, there are three levels of support at our Patreon, and the King Kayfabers get access to our live stream recording sessions uh, that make it possible to mitigate the Kayfabe effect. They also get the videos before anybody else. So make sure uh, you uh, support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel and get that early access. Ultimately, the videos are brought to you by the books that we make. You're looking at a healthy sample of our bibliography right in front of you. Jimmy's next book is going to be Street Angel, Princess of Poverty. It's coming to you in November. It's going to be a companion piece to Street Angel, Deadliest Girl Alive, in that it collects all of the uh, material that was published prior to the Image Comics release. Jimmy also has Hulk Grand Design out there in the wild. Limited copies available. Make sure you get your hands on that as soon as possible. And uh, the latest comic that Jimmy has right now, which is sold out, but he is he has promised to uh, reprint this thing. True Crime Funnies. Three nonfiction stories, including uh, one that has a little something to do with some wrestling. Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus is coming to you in October, just in time for the holidays, collecting all four volumes of Hip Hop Family Tree with 150 pages of additionals. Also for the holiday season is X-Men Grand Design Trilogy, which is going to include the out-of-print X-Men Grand Design works that I put together, about a 250-260 page trade paperback. Red Room is the current focus. Two trade paperbacks of Red Room are out there right now. The comic I'm putting out these days is Red Room Crypto Killers. It's going to be four issues total. Three issues are out right now. The centerpiece uh, for issue three, the backup feature, includes the first appearance of the characters that I'm using in my daily strip 
which I'm serializing on my Patreon. Tom's in the house with us this round. He's got the hardcover I Am Stan coming to you sooner than later. I believe it comes out in September. We did a big video on this, and you guys showed up in a big, bad way and, and uh, started to do your pre-orders. Make sure you get your hands on this. This is a definitive documentary on Stan Lee. And uh, the paperback version of his Jack Kirby biography are com is coming out uh, sooner than later as well. Now that we're done paying the bills, back to the video. Yeah, it reminds me in some ways of like Ivan Brunetti's syllabus where he talks about breaking these things down into like their simplest, and a lot of cartoonists talk about it, into their simplest forms, almost iconography, right? Uh, you, you know what this exact bit reminds me of? That the first Sin City when when, <laughs> yeah. when, when Marvin's yeah. getting his Shopping. weapons, <laughs> like a little knife. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, you can think of a few of these items could work in the Sin City Marv mm -hmm. checklist. There's, there's a great uh, uh, Chuck Forsman uh, in in um, the end of the fucking world when he's documenting like all the animals that the kid killed, right? And just showing the. I just, I, I love that approach. And we have been looking at this twenty panel grids. And now whenever he breaks them, it's it's too, uh, again, a different effect. As you're mm -hmm. reading this, now you're lingering a little bit longer on this larger panel. Even though we often saw several panels making up one image, it's a different effect yeah. once you remove those gutters. Very clear pen and stuff. And and he, I, I'm so, I feel proud for him because in the 90s and maybe even before, like his work was so tight. Yes. Constipated tight. And that seth who was making that stuff would would not allow for there to be like unevenness of panel border unless mm -hmm. it was like so specific so he's allowing it's a little bit more human we um he did a book called wimbledon green yes that was a turning point for him mm -hmm. and i think that he learned a lot in there and it was a sketchbook the graphic novel my understanding is it all came out of his sketchbooks yeah so maybe the response to that either personally or, or critical feedback allowed him to kind of move more in that spontaneous direction and i love it it's often a way to achieve a little more life on a page you know artists constantly talk about how much detail pencils detail drafts and then tightened inks you lose some of that mm -hmm. energy it's one of my favorite He's books got a of lot his. of it here yeah it's yeah. one of my favorite we books should look of at his. that that's an all-timer for me as far as like comics about comics sure yeah totally man and and i think i think it was a big revelation for him because you know like it would be the next generation who are like the uh, craft is dead generation right. yes and the, his generation like bristled against that so much but then he kind of like embraced that and holy fuck you turned out this thick comic in six months which would be unheard of for him to do you know he would might do like one issue of palookaville in six months all right i'm, I'm skipping ahead a little bit because this is a bigger book and i don't want to give it all away to everybody yeah. it's a new book that's coming out yeah so this is the second part of this book and this is about a film that well a play that he puts on it's filmed by luke chamberlain it's a play that Seth has wrote and developed. Uh, calls it, I think, a suitcase play. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's inspired by the name is mentioned here somewhere where he discovered this 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 like stop motion or something in the in the sixties. I don't know if you could see it. Maybe it's a page before. Um, it, it may be this uh, Calder's Circus, a short film by Carlos Villardebo. I'm yeah. very sorry, that's Carlos, because I'm yeah, sure that's, that's not right. But. Uh, yeah, it inspired him. It was, it was interesting. We could probably find that on YouTube. It's funny to see like the photograph of Seth versus the drawing of Seth. Boy, they're close. Yeah, down to the color palettes and <laughs> yeah. stuff. Mm -hmm. And you see what's required to kind of make this thing work. But I'm going to just skip ahead real quick. Like, I guess you could show a couple pages. Yeah, it's beautiful visuals is, is the reason that I would linger on this stuff because I do think it's pretty... Uh, you, you can see Seth is thoughtful in almost everything. Yeah. Like, the photographs of the miniatures that he made, I remember being so impressed by. 
this is similar. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this book is a piece of fine art to me. It's 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 different than comics. Like, like how great this is. This is for Punker Mike. Yes. Pun Punker Mike will dig this shit because because like he does this kind of stuff with with um with his toy work by straight up designing everything. But the cool thing about Seth is he allows um the rough edges of like the corrugated cardboard which might be from like you know fedex boxes or whatever he lets that be seen and and weaves that into the aesthetic of uh of the comic makes me uh, wonder if the... this informs some of his comics making too it definitely does when when you saw the cities because like he built palookaville and there was a geography to palookaville and he maintained that very rigidly uh, so skip ahead because i think this is super funny to uh, skip ahead to right here where like this is what's funny is that seth you know he's he's known for being uh like nostalgic for a time that was before his life and stuff so now he's finally he's updated a little bit and he made it to the dvd <laughs> realm when nobody has dvd ports right. in their laptops or I, anything i literally anymore. have to plug in an external dvd player if yeah. i want to watch a dvd I mean, that's, that's so that's nostalgia now so he's he's advanced uh, to a point to but only uh, so far as to give give you a, a a DVD that um, it would be kind of hard to play. Yes. I wonder <laughs> if this is available online. I assume that it probably is. And, I, and I'll be honest, I did not track this down. I haven't watched this, this short film. Um, but nevertheless, uh, we're not quite done with this book. There's not this... like a QR code somewhere on here. You know what? I didn't see that. That might be a little bit yeah. too te technical. Uh, too too futuristic. Uh, yeah, that's like 2005. <laughs> That'll be in something. like the 2030 edition of Palookaville. We'll have QR codes. So uh, the last major section of this book is selections from Sketchbook 13. Yeah. These are flower names, and this is basically an exercise, yes. as you were mentioning, Ed, where he was taking he he made five of these combinations of names from this list of flowers, and then he would do a short story in the sketchbook, and you can see the reproduction is the sketchbook. You can see yeah. the yeah. edges of it in here, mm -hmm. so you know he's working on the actual pages and i love this i'm absolutely in love with this page totally yeah i mean i mean it doesn't it just looks like the exact comics that came before so like may you know maybe he's doing all this work in sketchbooks these days and right here he's he's giving himself the exercise right and um well in this case you know this first story blue delft we're doing blue and black and it does look like the aesthetics from the beginning you know maybe a little bit more polished in the front but i mean I'm so glad he's printing these because totally if I saw this in his sketchbook, it'd be like, dude, I want to read that. Yeah. Like, like share that. That's perfect. Right. And so he's at a place where he's happy to do that. And man, as a, as a maker, this is pure inspiration to me. Totally. And, and that's, that's what I'm getting from this. There's he's and he's, great panels. He's arrived at a sense of freedom that I always wished for him and the other cartoonists of his generation, because it, it's trust yourself as motivation, right? This could mean that you could get more Seth comics now. Yes. Because maybe he could do these a little bit faster than he did his more rigid earlier works. I do uh, wonder, is he penciling these a little bit? Is he doing, is he laying something down? Because I think so. The compositions are too tight. Some of them tight. really bleed into each other in ways where it's like, wow, just leaving the gutter there and having these, these images that stretch across multiple panels seems like it would be hard. I also wonder about the dry media that he's using, like a dry brush or whatever. It's to beautiful effect. Yeah, he's able to get that same texture at times with the, uh, with the color implement, you know, with the, br with the uh, marker. I guess my last question here would be like, what's the size of the actual sketchbooks? I bet are, you it's are we the looking size. At 100%? Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's like one of those little pocket sketchbooks. Yeah, you like he, he, can, he can ask for anything he wants. 
and in terms of dimensions and stuff like that. And uh, I think this book is printed at this size because it gives a nice border to this sketchbook. Yeah, I think you're right. The uh, the lettering seems like it's sized to be this size. Mm-hmm, right. So yeah, it's it's really a fun as a fan of comics. It's very fun comics throughout this this thing, and does some interesting stuff in terms of within this short story, still innovative. Like here's you turn the page, and here's a list of all these characters that inhabit this house or have inhabited this house. So. Yeah, a cartoonist, this is what you want to see out of somebody who's been doing comics now. I think he probably starts in the late 80s, yeah, early 90s. Vortex Comics. Mm-hmm. So you've got 30 plus years under your belt. Let's see some of that confidence on the page. Let's see some of those lessons that you've internalized, put down, and I think you really see them here. I, th- I think this completely transcends the medium of comics. Th- this doesn't feel like a commercial product. It feels like a fine arts exploration. It's, it feels like a monograph of, of an artist. Um, it's... It's so much more than a comic to me. And another piece of inspiration I get from this, and certainly helped out both with the DVD and, and with that middle piece with the photo, photo, photographic elements, um, just in terms of bookmaking, it changes my thoughts about future, future books and things that, I, that I'll be putting together. I'm glad to see Seth at this point as well in that a lot of the alternative cartoonists I think they they toil in obscurity whenever they start out. You know, like, where are you going to find alternative comics? Where are you going to find an audience for them, especially, you know? But over time, like, their quality design, their eye, their vision, their unique sensibility and style, they have found success as book designers. They found audiences that exist outside of the direct market. And that allows you to do a hardcover book whenever you're releasing the next issue or the next installment of your comics. It allows you to experiment and reproduce your sketchbooks because you've built this audience that's bigger than just the direct market that we had in the 90s. I do wonder about him, Chester Brown, those guys, like, because I, like, like I know what my books do. I know what my books bring in. And uh, I just, I wonder how, how they make their shit work. I do. Like, uh, I'm very curious about that stuff. I wonder if he has patrons who, who, who buy the original art um, and, so, and support him at that level. I wonder if it's by being in Canada, he's getting special grant monies and shit like that that they have set aside for for the arts because he ba- he baffles me by putting out such little work. Uh, at, he does a lot more commercial work than I think we're aware of. Yeah, he has yeah, to. You, if you dig into some, sometimes you'll see him profiled outside of comics, and it's like he has kind of a robust career outside of comics. And I assume that's where it comes from. It's weird to speculate about this stuff because, like you say, Canada, there's probably some stuff that uh-huh. happens. Doesn't um, have any medical bills. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, you know, there, there's lots of ways to do that. And at some point, I'd be interested in talking about my own experience because I don't have a hit comic, mm-hmm. but I'm able to pay my bills right. through comics, even though sometimes that means freelance work that comes from the comics or, or different ways. So there's lots of ways, I think, to monetize art. And uh, I wish that we had more conversation of that, because certainly when I was trying to look at, like, this is what I want to do with my life, all I heard about is how you can't monetize right, art. Right, yeah. And I think yeah. uh, you might be, be better off now trying to monetize that stuff than, uh, than a lot of different industries that are out there and used to be safe bets. But that's a totally different conversation. Bottom line here is Palookaville 24 had a good time with it, and uh, I like Seth's work a lot. So hopefully this video does well, everybody. That's a hint, hint, share this. And uh, we'll do more of his work. I'd love to look at Wimbledon Green. Yeah, you know, like when they first uh, contacted us, because the publisher sent this, uh, we should be able to get a 
uh, shoot interview. I, I mean, like I, to talk I, to him. I was just thinking, like, does he have a, does he have a webcam? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have to crank yeah, it? Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I, I considered Pedal looking up power. the map. Like, where does he live? Because I think he lives between the Canadian border and Toronto. I feel like he lives south of Toronto. And if so, it's like, that's not that far. Four hours, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Out there, yeah. <laughs> maybe three and a half. Yeah. So, yeah, would love to talk to him and would love to bring more Seth onto this channel. So, guys, you know what to do. Make this video popular. Okay, favors, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell so that we can notify you when new videos are available. We have more than, than a thousand videos in our uh, filmography right now. Uh, so we might have talked about your favorite comics. Uh, hit the little magnifying glass on the front page of the Cartoonist Kayfabe YouTube channel. Pop in your favorite titles. If we didn't talk about your favorite comics, please put something in the comments and, and we will uh, push those books higher on our reading list. We have a Patreon for the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel and this will help mitigate the Kayfabe effect. Right now we have two two dozen or so people in the private recording stream for the King Kayfabers and they are able to mitigate the Kayfabe effect by getting access to the books that we talk about before we put these videos out to the public. So that's a way to get in early and they also get the fully produced videos before anybody else. Ultimately, the videos are brought to you by the books that we make and uh, it's gonna be a heck of a Christmas this year, man, because the Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus is coming to you in time for X-Mass. Uh, it's going to include all four volumes of Hip Hop Family Tree, plus 150 pages of additional material that is not in those first four volumes. So it is officially the 10-year anniversary of Hip Hop Family Tree. It's the 50th anniversary of hip hop as a culture, so it was a must to do this book up fly for the these uh, these anniversaries. Not the only holiday book to come out uh, for 2023. I have the X-Men Grand Design Trilogy trade paperback coming to you. Don't have a galley copy of that yet because uh, it's yet to be printed coming out in November, but still early enough to get in it for the holidays. It's going to have all of my uh, X-Men Grand Design comics in there. A couple volumes are out of print right now. Red Room is the current comic. Uh, there are two trade paper paperbacks of Red Room out there, but this latest miniseries is called Crypto Killers. Th three issues out right now, and the, if you go to the center spread, Jimmy, it highlights the characters that are in my daily comic strip that I'm going to be putting out probably starting January 1st of 2024, but for the early adopters on my Patreon, uh, I just completed the first episode uh, of the Switchblade Shorties, and I can't wait for you guys to check it out. Tom, what do you got? I got the hardcover of I Am Stan, a graphic biography of the legendary Stan Lee, and the Jack Kirby, The Epic Life of the King of Comics in paperback will be coming out in September. I also have Jack Kirby's Star Warriors, The Adventures of Adam Star and the Solar Legion coming out from Image Comics. It's an old uh, Jack Kirby comic series that I've sort of you know brought into the modern day in, in a, a deluxe package. You can pre-order my latest book now from Image Comics. That's Street Angel, Princess of Poverty. This will be out in November and it collects all of the Street Angel material that is not in Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive, also from Image. The books are designed to be a set. They'll look nice on your shelf together, but you gotta let your store know that you want Princess of Poverty now. You can also pick up the Hulk Grand Design. This book is out of print at the distribution level, which means if you haven't gotten it yet, copies are gonna start becoming scarce and harder to find and maybe go up in value. So grab that now, who knows when it'll be reprinted, if ever. And uh, my latest comic, True Crime Funnies, there are digital copies available at jimrug.com or patreon.com slash jimrug, and I will be reprinting this for the fall, hopefully for Baltimore Comic-Con. So if you missed out the first time, there will be more true crime funnies coming soon. Not the only ways to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Jimmy, illuminate the people. 
You can subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, hats, mugs, stickers, and more at our spread shop. That link is also under this video. There you have it. Support the channel. Keep these videos coming to you on a regular basis. Give them those marching orders, Jimmy, and we'll be on our way. Read more comics.